Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today. I've got a great interview for you with Bonnie Endicott. And Bonnie is someone that I have been following and uh, wanting to get in touch with for quite some time because I am a big fan of Southwest Airlines, not only as a flyer, but also as a longtime student of business and culture. And Southwest and their founder, Herb Kelleher, is famous for creating great culture and employee experience. And I was eager to dig into that with Bonnie, who's been there for about 12 years and currently leads talent development at Southwest Airlines. In this interview, we cover a wide range of topics from building that employee experience and culture to their Southwest response to COVID-19, how the HR team has responded to that, how to support leaders through crisis like this, and how Southwest has set up its classic hypo leadership development program that's been around for a long time, and that Bonnie has been working to update and still get creative and support leaders and why it's so important to have your senior leaders being involved in supporting the program. We also talk about Bonnie's biggest successes and failures in her career, the trends she's following, and a book recommendation as well as her advice. So without further ado, here's my interview with Bonnie Endicott from Southwest Airlines. If you work in talent development, you know that your job has become more important than ever. The problem is there's so much uncertainty and noise out in the business world, and things are changing so fast, it's hard to know where to go and what tools and resources to use to solve your problems. That's why I recently launched the Talent Development Think Tank community as a central and safe place to access information, ask questions, and talk with other L&D professionals like you so that you can achieve your goals and accelerate your career. Join today to get instant access to our online platform and community of ambitious, helpful talent development professionals who understand your world and can help you solve your problems. Right now, I'm offering 25% off the subscription price to podcast listeners. Just go to talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT for 25% off. That's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT. Thanks, and on to the episode. 
Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for my interview with Bonnie Endicott. And Bonnie is a talent management leader who dreams big about innovation, talent solutions that improve business results. She has more than 20 years of experience developing talent in Fortune 500 companies and currently serves as the Director of Talent Management at Southwest Airlines, where she leads people-focused work in leadership and pipeline development, as well as succession planning and career development. Bonnie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, really great to have you on. You know, we were already chatting before and I told you that I am a a big fan of Southwest Airlines, not just as a passenger because I am uh, A-list preferred. I fly Southwest a lot, although not recently as we're in the middle of this COVID crisis, but also as a fan of the culture and everything that was built there over the last 30 plus years. Just been amazing case study, you know, studied Southwest Airlines in business school. And so great to have you on to talk about some of the programs you've built, your philosophy on talent management, employee experience, all of that stuff. But before we get there, let's just start with a bit about you, who you are, and how you got to where you are today. Awesome. And thank you for being a loyal member. We appreciate that. And when we're back in the skies and everything's clear, we look forward to having you again. So Right. So a little bit about me. So I, like you said, I've been doing this for 20 years or more, and I started off my career as a consultant, um, really kind of focusing on training and development kinds of learning and development kinds of programs um, and initiatives and things like that. And that was a great place to start. I really loved being a consultant early in my career and then moved more into kind of a corporate environment. So I've done everything on the training and development front from kind of building new corporate universities to facilitating and designing and delivery and all that good stuff. And what I really love is kind of leading training and learning and talent functions and things like that. So um, I joined Southwest in 2008 now. It's been 12 years. And they asked me to come on board and put some thought into some high potential leadership development, which I did for a couple of years. And then just kind of continued taking on more responsibility. We had a, a small university there that focused on employee and, and leadership training. And then We've since created um, Southwest Airlines University, which is all of our training kind of centralized. And so at the time, it's, you know, I'd been doing learning and development for probably 17 years. And my boss said, hey, would you like to step into some spaces in org development? And I was like, yes, I would. You know, I'd love to kind of stretch and grow. And that's when I stepped into more of the proper talent development world and really fell in love with all that goes into really helping people and the talent at a company be all that they can be and bring all that they can be. And so I've been doing that for a while, as well as leading some more development. I supported HR business partners for a while, which is super fascinating and a very important role in an organization. And so now I support kind of a full spectrum talent management anywhere from you know just kind of your typical talent development practices like talent reviews and succession planning and all that good stuff from leadership development. You know, we're kind of currently trying to re-envision some leadership development at Southwest and how we really reach all of our leaders with good learning and development from kind of a new thing, career development and job architecture. So it's really fun at Southwest because like you said, we have a great culture and they do really support our people growing and with the company and things like that. So you get to really dream and dream big and do some fun things. So it's been a great time. Yeah, that's awesome. You get involved in in so many different things and it sounds like you've got some freedom to create and, and get creative. I'm curious, maybe start from a bigger picture perspective. What's your general philosophy on talent management? That's a great question. So I have developed this philosophy where I really feel like anything we do in the talent space, whether it's training, learning, kind of talent review, succession planning, whatever it might be, is that we need to think simple. 
we need to think integrated, and we need to think business results. And so because that's really why we're in the business of talent is to really help the business be productive, help people be productive so that the businesses are productive. And so if we can think simple, if we can make sure we're well integrated, and if we can always wear our business hat, then I think typically I find that talent professionals are are effective and successful. So I kind of take that philosophy with me with whatever program we're looking at or when I'm coaching other talent professionals. Yeah. And when you say put on our business hat, and you said you've worked with HR business partners as well, can you elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by that? Yeah, sure. So, well, you know, the business of business is making money. And so I think it's easy sometimes for us in talent to forget about that because I guess sometimes it depends on if you've lived in a proper HR team or if you've kind of worked in a business line, which I've done both. And they're both are, are great places to be, pros and cons of both. So sometimes when we get into our HR spaces, we think a lot about policy and process and system, and that's all good. And we need all those things, but sometimes that inhibits the front. You think about your front line and the supervisor supporting the front line. They're just trying to kind of figure out the day-to-day, but you need to help them develop their talent, think through who their potential is, kind of help them develop their successors. But if you're so worried about your process and not having a conversation, that can kind of get in the way. And so when I say wear your business hat is walk in the shoes of your customers and make sure that you are helping them move their business forward. You know, so if your business or your customer is in the business of making widgets, you know, how are you going to help their line workers produce faster, more, better widgets? I know that's a very simple example, but I mean, I think you can think about that no matter who your customer is, but it's our job to help them think strategically about their talent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it comes down to empathy, understanding what your customers, whoever they may be, what they care about, right? And having that business sense or that business knowledge to realize that what they care about is often the top line, the bottom line, you know, how do they sell more? How do they increase profits and improve operations, whatever it may be. And so if you're coming in talking about HR talent development, it's got to connect to that stuff. Otherwise, it becomes so abstract. Right. Or they're not going to, they're not going to give you the time. They're not going to give you time of day. But also, as Herb Kelleher, our, our founder, said that the business of business is people, right? So we're in business to make money, but you have to have people to run your business. And so investing in your people and thinking strategically about how you grow them, place them, help them be more productive day to day is critical. So I try to kind of help talent professionals make the connection there, like you said, you know, just to really be relevant because you, you, you need to get in the door and be relevant for them to even give you the time to talk about what you can do for them. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought up Herb Kelleher, the late, great Herb Kelleher, one in my mind, one of the greatest business minds in the last couple of generations in the United States here. And one of the few that's really known for putting people first and creating a great employee experience. And when I talk to I've given talks and conferences in different places and talked about the importance of employee experience and how that's becoming more of a trend. And I often give Southwest Airlines as an example of an organization that's always put the employees first and let that drive customer satisfaction, where a lot of companies are thinking about, well, how do we create a great customer experience without thinking about the employees? So I wonder if you could talk about that philosophy on creating a great employee experience and how that's been so important for Southwest. Yeah. And that's a great topic to talk about just in general. So we kind of have this philosophy where if we feel like our employees are in general, happy, productive, that they are going to then take good care of our customers. And if we take good care of our customers, they're going to come back. We're going to have repeat business, which then in turn takes care of our stakeholder, our shareholders, 
And then, you know, that of course takes care of the company. So we kind of believe in, in that kind of a cycle of business, if you will. So one thing that really struck me when I first joined Southwest 12 years ago, about 12 years ago, was that, and I come from some other kind of big corporate America kind of places, is that the first filter that senior leaders use at Southwest is how is this going to impact our people? You know, what's going to be the impact of this decision or just what even what's happening today? What is the impact to our people and how can we make that better, mitigate it, you know, just think about that. And then the second question is, what is the impact to our brand and to our customers, right? So how is this going to impact our customers? So it's always kind of a people first orientation, which is real different, right? So, and I think for the, especially for long-term success, for long-term revenue generation, for, you know, long-term stability, that's what kind of carries you through versus thinking through this short-term mindset. And so that's always been the filters and it's been, it was very refreshing. And I try to not take that for granted, as we continue, especially in times like this, challenges like this, it's just very encouraging as we kind of watch Gary engage, you know, with our employees and, and us as leaders and really talk about, you know, how, how Southwest is thinking about wearing that people filter first and then our customer filter second. And then, you know, and then we'll, we'll address business, you know, that kind of thing. So that was, I don't know, it's, hopefully that's, that's helpful. Yeah, it's a good start. And you mentioned Gary, of course, you're referring to Gary Kelly, the current CEO and successor to Herb Kelleher as CEO of Southwest, who's kind of continued that legacy. And when I think about employee experience, another thing that I learned a long time ago that I've repeated many times is that your customer experience will never exceed that of your employee experience. And I also, I think about Southwest creating the great, great employee experience. I've flown many airlines and the other big ones you don't really ever know what you're going to get. And at Southwest, I feel like the employees are always happy and excited to be at work and treating the customers so well. How do you create that? Does it come down to training, to benefits, to culture, mindset? You know, How do you create that kind of culture where employees are just so happy to be there and always treating customers really well? We get that question like, what's your secret sauce all the time, right? And so I think we come back with, there's not really a secret sauce. And I think it's a little bit of everything, everything that you mentioned. The first place we begin, though, is we we have our our values. We call them our Southwest kind of expectations of what we expect of employees at Southwest, and we start with those values in mind as we're hiring, right? So you want to bring in folks who represent, you know, a diverse group of people, but those that represent the values that you have. So for us, the three that we hinge on are having a warrior spirit, so working hard, but also you know having some fun and playing hard, having a fun loving attitude and then servant's heart. So you have to kind of love people. If you don't love people, you're probably not going to want to enjoy your time at Southwest and two, not going to have the heart to really support customers. And so we're always looking for those. That's kind of the first place you start. We're always looking for those employees or candidates who are going to represent that well. And then we wrap a lot of stuff around that. So performance management, we will give folks feedback. It's a lot easier to be released or from Southwest if you have a terrible attitude or if you're treating customers poorly than it is if maybe you don't, if your average handle time is not as, you know, as effective as, as it needs to be. So it's, it's very much a place where we anchor the behaviors that we expect of our, of our employees and things like that. So, and it's a common point of conversation. You know, you might get feedback on, man, you, you know, you're taking yourself way too seriously. You know, we need to take our work seriously, but why are you taking yourself way, you know, so seriously or, or peer feedback we might give each other and things like that. And then we, we wrap that into the rewards and recognition that we give. We wrap it into like leadership development, even is hinged on some of the leadership expectations that we have that kind of take that a bit further. So everything we do is really, we talk about kind of these values are at the center of that. And so I think that helps just have common language, common expectations, and we just try to have fun. So we know that our work is serious and that, you know, this, the safety of our customers and our, and our environments are, is 
as paramount and getting people places on time, you know, is paramount, but you can have some fun while you do that. You can get the announcements done, but also have some fun with that. So meet all the regulatory needs, but still have some fun. And I, I think that's probably at the heart of it. Yeah. And they always do, which is so great. You mentioned rewards and things like that connected with the employee experience. I wanted to ask you about performance management. Lots of companies are changing things up with regards to performance management, take, getting rid of annual reviews. Lots of companies doing very... Where I think 10 years ago, everybody was kind of doing the same thing. And now it's like all over the board. And I was reading through a couple of blog posts that you've put up recently. And I know you mentioned making some changes with performance management. So what's your philosophy on that? And, and how are things being done at Southwest? Yeah, so we, we've been testing out for a while kind of this continuous performance management approach. And so we didn't like jump on the bandwagon right away because we wanted to kind of see what was happening out there because a lot of firms were going away from ratings entirely. Like, let's just throw those out the door. But what comes back to is you still have to figure out how you're going to you know, apply rewards and you, have, you know, you have to give some framework. And we found out that employees, well, they wanted to know. Like, I guess we're taught from the grade school that we need a grade. And so even as adults, we want to grade. So employees, you know, they want to know and and they want to know more frequently, how am I doing and what can I do to be better or tell me what I'm doing great so I can continue to do that. People didn't want to know at the end of the year, well, hey, if you'd have worked on this, you might have gotten a better grade, if you will. So we instituted continuous performance management, have been testing that out for a couple of years. And this year went live with all of our non-contract employees. And so far, so good. It's been going really well. And in fact, in situations like we have today, we have a lot of folks working remotely at from at least our kind of corporate offices. It's gone really well because it's encouraged leaders and employees to have more frequent conversations. And so they're, you know, they kind of, it's strange. It's kind of like we gave them permission to have more frequent conversations about what are you working on and how is it going and how do you need to reshuffle things, you know, now that we're in kind of this new environment instead of just waiting and like pocketing it until the end of the year, which is really odd because I feel like conversations are at the heart of just about any kind of talent work that we do. So it's been going really well. We've gotten great reviews from both employees and from leaders. And so far, so good. We, we still do some tracking in our system. We have kind of an antiquated system, but we still do some tracking in that. But we've kind of gone old school to like a PDF document, but it's real short snippets of here's kind of your short tweetable summary, if you will, of how your quarter went. We talk quarterly. I would tell you that you're meeting or not meeting or you're exceeding expectations and here's what you're doing great. Here's what I think you need to work on. And the employee has a chance to also kind of be part of that conversation. We found that it was more of something that was done to employees. And so now it's an employee leader conversation versus something that leaders do to employees. And we've also seen a rise in kind of, here's what I want to be in the future. You know, here's where I want to go. Here's when I move my career. Here's how I want to develop. And those conversations have increased, which is what you really want to hear from your employee base. Yeah, absolutely. And I always thought it made more sense to have continuous conversations and not wait for the annual or even quarterly review where a manager sits down and says, you know, remember 14 weeks ago, back in June, you did this in a meeting and that didn't really go very well. So we're holding you back. Like, what do you, I don't even remember that. What are you talking about? Why didn't you tell me then? Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Because I can't fix it if you don't tell me. It's kind of crazy. And what I love about kind of some of the new generational conversations that we have is that I I don't think anybody's asking for things that nobody else wants. They're just more forceful about it. And so that's what I love is that everybody's always wanted continuous feedback and conversation. Yeah. It's the same thing with people talk about purpose and millennials have raised the voice on, you know, we want to connect our purpose. We want to have a purpose. And I was at a workshop once and, you know, an older gentleman stood up and said, I want purpose too. We all do, right? It's just that maybe the millennials have spoken up more about it. And this is how change happens. 
Yeah, they just have a good voice. It's great. I love it. So you mentioned this kind of new environment that you're in. And I wanted to ask you about Southwest's reaction and how you as an HR team have helped your workforce handle the new normal, the changes under COVID-19, this global pandemic that has caused many businesses to shut down or change the way they operate, operate remotely. And certainly right in the middle of that, I think of airlines and the travel industry where the business has been cut down well below what it was before. So I know you can't go into like tons of specifics, but how has Southwest and particularly the HR team managed and supported the employees through this crisis? Yeah. So it's been fun to watch kind of the various departments at Southwest come together. So when we talk about kind of proper HR, you know, we've got our culture teams and our engagement teams and our kind of more proper HR teams, and they're all split out, which is great. And so they've all kind of come together to think to really put some resources out there for employees. So, you know, in our corporate offices, we've got a lot of folks who are working remotely for the first time. So it was helping them be successful. And then we've got folks out, you know, in our stations and in our call centers and how can we help them be successful and and make sure that the lines of communication are open to their leaders and to them. And so the thing that I think that's been most helpful is just the mass amount of communication that we have shared with them. And I don't think that that's anything that HR in particular has done separate from kind of a partnership with senior leadership and things like that. But Gary as our CEO and then Mike Vandeven, who's our CEO, is you know, they're sending weekly videos or emails just saying, you know, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening with the CARES Act. Here's what's happening here. Here's how we're thinking about safety. Here's how we're cleaning the airplanes. I mean, it's on and on, you know, the communication and how we're, as a company, we're dealing with things is how we're evolving. We're communicating all of that to employees. So as much transparency as we can, we've been sharing. And so HR has been kind of more on the on the side of helping the company think through what are our options. So it's more about kind of propping up the leaders, if you will, on here's some of our options, here's the, some of the decisions we can or can't make, and then like let's help you communicate those out. So it's kind of been more of the strong HR backbone, if you will, of supporting kind of all the decisions that you have to make in these hard times. This episode of the Talent Development Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. We specialize in connecting companies with exceptional learning solutions to help them turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. We're also providing tons of great content on a weekly basis. In fact, we recently launched a great webinar series that has been going on weekly with content such as creating a culture of multipliers, gender equity, Liz Weissman's webinar on helping rid the world of bad bosses. We have a new webinar from Brent Snow on decision-making. We have a webinar on multipliers and how to use multipliers during troubled times, calming the storm. We have a webinar from our partner, Julie Winkle Giulioni on developing in place how to continue your growth during remote working. And a webinar from Paul Middleton on the secret sauce for learning in the flow of work plus many more, just head to our website at advantageperformance.com. Click on free resources and you'll find the link to webinars and all of our other insights and resources there. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. So when you think about supporting your managers, your leaders through this pandemic and helping their people cope, what are like one or two keys that you think have been really important to help them with? So I'll go back to some of our performance management kind of, so we call them check-ins. So just kind of reminding folks, hey, you've got some guidelines, you've got some ways to have good conversations. Make sure you're doing these weekly. 
And then we also kind of just came together and put some stuff out on our intra site for leaders and said, hey, here's some resources for you on how to engage your teams. Here's how to think differently about that, as well as for employees. Here's how to think differently about your work. I don't think it's been terribly different than anything that I've been hearing my friends who do what we do have been doing differently for their employees. And in fact, what was what was interesting, I thought, was that the employees were kind of really banding together and saying, hey, let's start this new social media, like whether it's Facebook or GroupMe or whatever, like let's start this new thing and we can all like, let's have a call every day. And so we've been reporting that we are more connected than we were when we were all in the office together, off at our other meetings or in our workshops or whatever we were doing. Because now we talk every day and we didn't talk every day. I didn't actually see the faces of my team every day. And so that's been very refreshing. And other folks with throughout Southwest, kind of the corporate environment are saying the same thing, that people feel very connected, just like you're hearing kind of across society in general. But that wasn't necessarily anything that that our leadership team said, hey, let's, you know, here's some things you need to do. It was, which I think probably goes back to that employee experience that you were mentioning is that we really enable our employees to make good decisions and to say, hey, what do you guys need? Oh, this is an idea I have. Great. Go for it. So I don't know if that totally answers your question, but. No, I think it does. I mean, what I take out of that is A, communication is really important. B, giving leaders and managers guidance so they know, you know, they have some ideas of what to do. And three, listening to your employees with the empathy we talked about and empowering your employees to make some decisions. Say, this is what we want. We want more meetings. We want more communication. We want to use these apps, social media, whatever it is. You know, I've been studying this as well. We just created a new program to help leaders through this crisis. And those are the things that we zero in on. Empathy, communication, empowerment. Those are the things that are so critical right now and you're doing it. Yeah, which I really think are important anytime. So it's just interesting that it's highlighted now. But I think, you know, if we could do those as leaders all the time, that'd be really great. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting how these things come up in the middle of a crisis. But I think we're learning a lot of lessons about people development, connection, all that stuff during this time that are going to carry on through. Like you said, many of us, many people I think are more connected and more social during social distancing than they ever have been before, right? I've been invited to more happy hours in the last <laughs> month. You know, I got one right after this interview, another virtual happy hour. I didn't get invited this many happy hours before social distancing. <laughs> it's so funny. All right. So I want to change gears and talk about talent development in general and some of the programs you've put together. Because I know you have a well-established hypo leadership development program at Southwest. You've written about it on your blog and you actually lay it out in detail. So I highly recommend people go check that out at simplystrategictalent.com because I really like how you laid that out for people. But just talk me through what's the philosophy behind the, the manager development program or the hypo development program and how have you set that up to be effective? Yeah. So let me start by giving you a little history because it did not start with me. So if you go to the website, thank you for that, by the way, you'll see that we we call it managers in training and there's a couple of different levels. In this case, we're talking about the MIT2 level, which is geared towards pipelining manager level folks into director level spots, which for Southwest is kind of the beginning of our senior leadership level, if you will, the director level. So it started actually, I think it was 30 years ago. We had our anniversary last year. It was, it's been around for 30 years, this program. And it, was, it kind of started off as helping more of our frontline leaders out in the stations really understand the business acumen of Southwest. So what all the different departments did and that kind of thing. And so that kind of morphed and grew. And then when I was hired, it was, you know, hey, will you come and add some development topics into this MIT2 program and really make it kind of a high potential into our director level? So that's kind of a little bit of that history. 
And so kind of just started with thinking, okay, so this was back 12 years ago, you know, what, what is it that good leadership development programs need? What, what do we need specifically at Southwest? And at the time, strategic thinking was the big thing. So we're, we're really great at efficient operations and some decision-making and kind of some agile thinking and that kind of thing. But we needed to really lean in on strategic thinking at the time. And so they had just launched when I joined in the middle of the year, a strategic thinking kind of class with an action learning project on it. And so that was all about go out and figure out something we can do for customers that will bring in more revenue and then present that to Gary and his staff. And so that's probably one of the biggest things that we've carried on year to year that has provided the most development. Um, and it's gotten to where it's, it's, it's kind of one of those, um, I'm losing the words to, it's Friday and I'm starting to lose some of my vocabulary but some of those kind of rapid thinking projects that you don't get time to, to put a team together. So executives love to use this MIT action learning project to really think through what's next on the customer space, for example. So every year, so we have one class a year, about probably 18 to 20 folks. And so we'll say, okay, here's kind of a way to, to think about strategic thinking, whether it's a rapid innovation web workshop or whatever that is. Okay, now the problem that you have to solve is we need to grow customer revenues by X amount, or we need to reduce costs at a certain amount or increase the employee experience at a no cost. Like we'll give each of the teams a project and then they've got about four or five months to go do all of their homework, do all of their socializing and come back and they present it to all of our senior leaders. There's about 50 of them. And the senior leaders love it because it's like ideas out the door. And about 50 of them that they've presented over the last five or six years have gone on to become projects that like one example is, I don't know if you've been in the airports lately, but there's the new video screens that are the more informational screens about where your flight's going. That was one of the projects that came from this action learning project. So that's kind of an example. We tried to go really more toward an experiential. We do have six weeks in the classroom which I'll start to lay out more in my series, kind of what those look like, but really trying to give folks a chance to do because we really learn by doing. And so we give lots of opportunities to do, to shadow an executive. They go to the shareholders meeting and really kind of sit with some of the board of directors and learn about what does it mean to sit on a board and what kinds of things do you worry about? They shadow some of our executive leaders to see what does their day look like and how do I need to kind of adjust my thinking? They have a, a mentor who's at the senior leader level, executive level, and then, of course, we fill them up with good things like influencing and presentation skills. They get some media training. So if they should do some media interviews, they know how to kind of have that polish. We do all kinds of things to really fill them up with all the skill sets that we've identified at Southwest really that our senior leaders really need and to pipeline these folks quickly. And so it's not the only way to be promoted into that senior leader level, but it's really kind of a, an accelerated way. And that's kind of how we've thought about this this particular program in general. I hope that answers. I feel like I was kind of rambling there. No, it's a, it's a lot of great information. I have a couple of questions. One of them is you've built a lot of stuff in here and I like how it's connected back to the stakeholders, the senior leaders who are involved in it, not only sponsors, but they're involved and they're, they're having projects go through it. So I know they have their support. I think a lot of mistakes I see organizations make is they put something out there without any kind of involvement from senior leaders and then they're not supporting their managers going through it. What are you doing for these six weeks? You should be at work, right? But when you have their involvement and their support, then they're excited for their people to go through. They're more likely to get promoted and, and all of that stuff, right? Right. So we actually have a lot of senior leader engagement. They come to their... We have like a big graduation ceremony. We do a roundtable with Gary and his staff. So MIT is a big thing. It's like a big brand within the company. So if you're in MIT, it's a fairly prestigious... And we've tried to make it a very 
special experience. Not just everybody gets to go. And so therefore our senior leaders, they do take it very seriously. And I think that's very important what you said, because other companies, like you said, we didn't get the, the backing from some leadership or the leadership to give their time and effort and energies. And at Southwest, that was one thing that was different that I noticed. And so therefore it's much more effective. And I think they use it more, right? So when, when they send someone to a leadership development program, they expect something out of it. Therefore, that heightens up what we as a leadership development team want to pour into it. And it puts a higher expectation on the folks who are going through it. And then when they kind of come out the other side, then they're asking them, what did you learn? What can we do about that? And we're pressing them as what kind of new engagements are you giving them? Where are you placing them? Where are they moving? You know, so it's, it's kind of an, an interactive, if you will, or integrated approach that is really why you want to do leadership development programs. It's why you want to do talent programs in the first place. So you get the good results. Yeah, absolutely. And I noticed that you have a lot of different components in there. And you mentioned business acumen and influence and all these different things. I'm curious, have you developed all of this internally? Do you work with partners? Because I think a lot of people are always curious about that. Yeah, we do a little bit of both. So we've tried out different programs. You know, When something new comes out, I'm always like, oh, there's this new program. Let's give it a try or let's pilot it or something. And so there are a few modules that we'll create in-house and there's a few that we'll, we'll partner with. We don't partner, probably, I can probably count them on two hands, the folks we, we partner with externally. So we, 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 we do build a lot internally. We have a really talented staff of designers, developers, and facilitators. And so we'll draw on that staff as we need to as well. If you're looking for a place to connect with colleagues and peers from your industry and find out what other people in talent development are working on, you need to check out the brand new Talent Development Think Tank membership community. Inside, we have members from companies all over the world who are working on all different things in talent development and sharing what's been working, what's been not working, and answering each other's questions so we can all get our jobs done more effectively and be more successful in our careers. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Just head on over to tdtt.us slash community, and you can use code HOTSEAT for 25% off your subscription. That's tdtt.us slash community and use code HOTSEAT for a limited time for 25% off your subscription. If you have any questions, reach out to me and let me know and we'll see you there. I noticed in the setup of the program that it's very congruent with some other programs I've seen, including a couple that that I offer as well to clients, and that you start with self-awareness and leading yourself so I'd love to hear from you. I mean, I, I think that's critical for leadership, why it's so important to start with that. So having been in leadership development for lots and lots of years now, just when I look at the, the best leaders out there, they're very emotionally intelligent and they're very settled and kind of content in where they come from as a person and as a leader. And so I just feel like that's probably the best place to start. If you don't know yourself well, how are you going to lead others well, right? And leading others is much more than just kind of directing their day-to-day or how much time they're taking with customers or whatever. If you really want to grow and develop and have people and have a high-performing team, you've got to do a little investment in them, you know, get to know them and spend some time with them. And it's hard to do that if you don't, if you're not comfortable with your own self, because they want, they want to know that you're a human, right? I mean, most of my team, I'm asking them, how are you doing during this time? How are you faring? How's your family? And they're like, well, how are you? You know, how are you doing this? So they, they care just as much about you as we care about them. So emotional intelligence is just so important. And I feel, and I've watched leaders who just don't have a lot of emotional intelligence, just kind of fumble around and they just eventually kind of peter out. And, you know, you got to know your own limits. You got to know your own buttons and nobody's perfect, but knowing where you're going to screw up and be willing to admit that and be vulnerable, I think are so important. So yeah, we spend time talking about kind of what makes you tick, 
What are your values? We spend some good time on emotional intelligence. What is, you know, awareness of your own kind of go-to leadership style and, you know, how to flex in and out of that as you need to and things like that. Yeah, that all makes sense. I think it's so important to start with that self-awareness and leading yourself. It's so hard to lead others when you don't even know who you are. You can't trust in your own abilities and, and really get awareness around your strengths and weaknesses, all that stuff. Like you said, emotional intelligence really critical. So I appreciate the overview. I think that's going to be helpful for a lot of people. Again, you wrote more about it. You even have a chart and everything, a graph on your, your blog at simplystrategictalent.com. And I want to switch gears to you, Bonnie. What's been your greatest accomplishment or proudest moment in your career so far? That's a loaded question. That's not a loaded question. I just want to know. It is. I mean, I just don't know. I'm not that... So people... I'm not that interesting. So I, I, I guess... I mean, this is going to sound so cliche, but I am so proud of my team. So when I like develop someone who continues to be promoted or takes on a new kind of crazy fun assignment or that like makes me just please as punch. So I I think my, the people on my team that I've seen learn and grow, that's where I take the most pride and I have the most fun. So I'm getting hired at Southwest was pretty darn cool. That's been a (laughs) pretty darn cool career opportunity. So that was pretty great, but I think probably more hinges around the people that I lead and as, as kind of they grow and develop. And you've been able to do some cool stuff and you have a lot of interesting things to share. I think people listening would agree. Now I guess the other side, what's been your biggest mistake or failure in your career so far? And what did you learn from oh, it? Oh, that's a good one too. So I will say I'm a big time driver. Like I like to drive forward. I'm a futurist and I can kind of see what's coming. And so I was trying to drive some things forward at Southwest without really getting all of the collaboration or the the buy-in that I needed. Because I just I knew that if we didn't invest in this XYZ program, that it was going to cost us a lot of money in the back end. And it was kind of more of a, a system and things like on the HR space. And I, I didn't quite garner the... In, I didn't have the influence. So I have a lot of great ideas. Sometimes... I don't know if you're familiar with the, the, the strengths finders for Gallup. So one of my top two are futuristic and strategic, but unfortunately at the low end are some communication. So makes a lot of sense in my head. And sometimes it doesn't always like come out my mouth quite like I like. And so that, that was hard because people were like, what, where are you going? What are you doing? What is happening here? And it didn't move forward quite like it needed to. And it was kind of hard to overcome it because it was a, a good two years worth of investments and trying to convince people. And then it didn't flourish like I wanted it to. And you know what I learned out of that? Because I feel like there's always a good lesson out of all these things is that I didn't really like the pushy person I had become and trying to kind of push all these ideas through and get frustrated all the time. It didn't really, it wasn't really me. And so what I realized is that kind of back to our conversations, you've got to know who you are and you've got to be kind of solid in who you are. And so I wasn't having any fun and life's too short to not have fun where you work every day. And so it was just kind of a good step back for me in like, no, you know, you didn't let, let somebody else take the lead from here on out and learn your influence lesson, learn your communication lesson and get back settled into who you are and how you lead best. And when you let other people take the lead, then you're empowering them. They're more, they're more involved. They're more bought in. They feel like they're learning more from the process. It reminds me, are you familiar with Multipliers, the book by Liz Weissman? I'm familiar with that. I haven't read it yet. Okay. So it's a book that I recommend often and that I teach a program. I run a program based on that. And she talks about the accidental diminishers. So the way we accidentally diminish our people. One of them is the strategist, which is you know your big picture, always putting that stuff out there. But if you don't empower your people, communicate, get them involved in stuff, then people just get kind of tired of it and they tune out. Yeah. So I totally need to read that because I think that is totally probably one of the things that happened there. So yeah. 
but it was a, it was a great lesson. And I, I really appreciate it for that. And then, you know, you move on and grow. <laughs> cool. That's right. Well, that's why I asked that question because we always learn from our mistakes. I love learning from other people's mistakes. So, <laughs> you know, that's like what we try to do is we learn from mistakes and then we hopefully teach others so that they don't make the same mistakes. Bonnie, what's a trend in talent development that you're following closely right now? So I will tell you that I was following before the whole COVID crisis. So I'm going to try to find, probably find a new trend is kind of the reskilling that companies were trying to do. So trying to move kind of mass reskilling of employees from one area to another and kind of thinking through that. So the war for talent was a real thing and not having some folks skilled in what companies really needed. So that was an interesting trend that I was kind of poking around in. It makes sense. I mean, you mentioned being a a bit of a futurist. I am as well. And I love studying this idea of the future of work. And I think where we're going is people being doing more project-based work, right? Gig economy type stuff and not sticking with one role for a long time. So they're going to have to learn new skills, whether you take it as your own responsibility as an employee or the company gets involved in, quote, reskilling, like you said, or giving people the training and development they need to move from one job to another one so they're not stagnant and become obsolete. Right. Totally true. And so, yeah, at Southwest, we'd love to like bring people in, but then very aware that people don't want to do the same thing for lots and lots of years, right? They want to like learn some new things and they want to add to their tool belt. And so how can we create some career development opportunities to let them and some very transparent competency work, if you will, so they can say, oh, I want to be this when I grow up, or I want to be this in three years. And here's how I can go develop some of those skills so they can do it for themselves. And we don't have to say, so will you kind of transition over to here? You know, so because I want people to stay a long time at Southwest, but I also don't want them to feel like they have to stay in the same role forever, unless they want to. And that's great too. Right. Of course, you empower them and let them make that decision. I'm all about people letting people own their careers, writing a book on that right now. And speaking of books, what's a book or a TED Talk that's made a big impact on you or that you often recommend? So I love anything by, of course, Patrick Lencioni and Brene Brown are, are two kind of classic favorites. I go back to Primal Leadership a lot by Daniel Goleman. And I think his couple of co-writers that he often works with is back to that emotional intelligence topic, but he applies it to leadership more directly. And so that's been something that I read probably 10 or 12 years ago and have really always kind of hung on to some of those lessons. So that's one that I typically, I pass on a lot. Mm -hmm. I like it. Okay. Primal Leadership. Last question for you, Bonnie, for anybody listening who works in talent development, learning and development, HR who's looking for ways to get to the next level, accelerate their career, what's one more piece of advice that you would give? Well, I typically counsel folks to make sure that they understand the full spectrum of what goes into talent development or talent management. So don't just get really good in your one area. Make sure you know how it integrates. So, you know, If I'm primary on kind of the talent reviews or succession planning processes, make sure I understand what goes into leadership development, what goes into performance management, or even what goes into hiring so I can really understand kind of what that full spectrum is of talent management, because I think we're going to be called on more and more to be a really think integrated and to think about, you know, how is what I'm doing in the talent space or a learning space impacting my rewards or that kind of a thing. So I just want people to think more integrated and holistic when they think talent and maybe go find a new friend in their organization who does that work and take them to lunch or grab them a cup of coffee and understand what it is that they do and how that how they connect. Yeah, makes sense. Well, Bonnie, this has been really great. I loved learning from you and all the stuff you've been doing at Southwest Airlines throughout the last 11, 12 years and beyond. For anybody listening who wants to get in touch with you or follow along more of this journey, I know that they can probably connect with you on LinkedIn and you have a blog as well. Where, where should people go? I think LinkedIn is great. And also simplystrategictalent.com is a great place to go as well. 
Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I was I was hunting around on there earlier, reading your blog, and you've got. Uh, I love how you have the whole program mapped out on there. So for anybody listening who wants to get more information on that hypo program, make sure you head to that website. And this has been great, Bonnie. Thank you so much for making the time to come on the podcast today. Great, take care. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again and take care.